Hello and welcome to episode 40 of The Offline Gamer. I'm Matt. And I'm Ray. It's our UKGE review show. Huzzah! Another year. It's all gone. It's all over until next yeah, year. I know. Oh dear. Let's just do this in chronological order, shall we? Well, we can try. Yeah, we can try if we can remember what we go up to. So we rocked up to the NEC uh, on a Thursday evening yes. for the press preview. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd luckily booked the day off work, and so had you. Yep. Because uh, I just didn't want to try and get to the NEC from the middle of Birmingham at four o'clock on a Thursday evening. It would have been pretty busy. Mm, yeah. So uh, we got there. There was a bit of confusion about what car park we were supposed to use. Uh considerable confusion, I think. Yeah, that happened on one of the days as well, didn't it? It was like the, the signs Sat- said... Was it Saturday? Saturday yeah. of all the, days. The sign was like, any uh, Expo and Comic Con, go this way. And then it just said, Comic Con in here. So, of course, we carried on driving. And then you end up getting to the gate for resort wo- Resorts World. So yeah. everyone was turning around and going back. Yeah. So, but we got in the right car park eventually. Took a bit of time. Wandered over to the NEC, picked up our passes... And then um, roll on six o'clock, and then five past six, and then ten past six, we finally got in. Yeah. It wouldn't be uh, an event without a bit of a delay. Yeah. Especially at the the preview. Yeah. So uh, I saw actual lol outside uh, the preview as well, and gave him one of my lovely maps, mm. because he was so nice to uh, include uh, it. include it in his yeah preview. YouTube video. Yeah. Mind you, to be fair, I was giving them away to pretty much anyone who wanted one. <laughs> and some people who had no idea what was going on. So, yeah, I um, found a random person on... <laughs> was it on the Friday night? Yeah, it was, uh, wasn't it? No, it was on the Thursday night. Uh, yeah, sorry, the Thursday yeah. night. I was I was looking out for someone to give yeah. him a map, and I thought this person was the person I thought I was looking out for. So I said, hello, this is for you. And he, he said something like with an Italian accent, back to me. Mm. And I was like, oh, you're not who I thought you were, but I'm just going to carry on walking as if I just intended to stop a random person and give him a copy of the map. Yep. <laughs> he may have been there just for the airport, for all we know. I think he was an, I think he was an, uh, an okay. expo person, but um, he did seem to have a uh, geeky T-shirt yeah. on. So. Um, but anyway, we got into the press preview. Uh, it was pretty busy. I mean, our list of um, the list that they sent us of people who were going to be there was four A3 pages, and even then, you could barely read it. Yeah. So we spent uh, a bit of time marking off what who we were going to see, uh, and we got we got to see a few people in the press preview. Let me bring up my photographs. We encountered Big Potato Games. They showed us uh, Blockbuster, which is a party game about movies. But with all the blockbuster branding and the game comes in what looks like a VHS case, which I thought was quite fun. And uh, 20 Second Showdown, which has this very strange like sand timer yeah. that you have to keep reversing. And then when it reaches the end, if your team is the active team when it reaches the end, then uh, you lose. Well, I can't even remember what the premise of the game was. I think you have to. Some of the stuff is like you have to do silly things. Because I saw some people playing it over the weekend, and they were doing lots of weird stuff, like kneel on the floor and oh yeah, whatever. And you just have to do the action, then flip it the other way. Then the other team has to do their yeah. action, flip it the other way, 
and then yeah. yeah and pass the little batons in between yeah so after that uh we saw solar storm and dropped off some maps yes to aiden at Dranda games so thank you aiden for generously uh agreeing to have some of my maps behind your store to yeah. give away to people uh also thanks to bez as well who we also saw very briefly at the press event and she did the same thing we put a yeah. load of my maps on one of her tables and uh just so if anyone wanted to swing by and get one, they could do. Yeah. Uh, next picture I've got is uh, Tom from Six Gun Showdown. Ah, well, I've got Find the Pickle. Ah, uh, no, we did. No, so we did walk past them on the way to this, didn't we? Yeah, we walked past um, Custard Kraken. Yeah, Team Custard Kraken. And uh, I said, hello, do you guys remember me? I interviewed you last year. And the one guy did. The other guy just looked at me blankly because it turns out he can't recognize faces. Yes, he has face blindness. Yeah, that's interesting. I've always wondered what it would be like to have that. Probably quite confusing as a child. Yeah, I imagine. But I guess you learn to recognise people from their voice and things, things. don't you? Yeah. Like, oh, I know that person because they always wear a hat. Yeah. That kind of thing. That's Tom Vassell. Yeah. (laughs) There was a chap who looked like a slightly shorter. Tom Vassell, who was also wearing Vassal-esque hats, Oh, okay. Who I saw a few times going, is that? No, it's too no. short. So, Six Gun Showdown, we went and saw yep. uh, Tom, who recognised me immediately from a YouTube preview video, The Heinous Hoverer. Yes. Matthew. Don't roll your eyes at me. What? <laughs> um, and then I've got Bizarre Bazaar. We did briefly see that, but yeah. um, it was sort of, it's not complete yet, is it? So No, it's very sort of alpha stages. Yeah. Alpha and testing stages. And then we went and had a chat with the um, goblin-y man of um, Storymaster's Tales of the Weirding Woods. Yeah, that was one of the ones you wanted to go and see. Yeah, because it sounds kind of interesting. He was well in character, wasn't he? He was. I couldn't exactly hear all of what he was saying because he was putting on a silly voice. And the latex mask. probably. And the latex help. mask. Um, but yeah, Weirding, Weirding Woods, which has already funded on Kickstarter. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, which was uh, described as a mix between an RPG, a card game, and a choose-your-own-adventure story. Yeah, it does sound interesting. I haven't really looked much into the campaign, but I might give it a go. Yeah. See what uh, See what it's like. Uh, and then I've got, I can't remember who they were, but they're the ones who've got Itchy Monkey and Adventures in Neverland. And they were the ones who did the uh, Fruity Del Mar that you had, uh, that we played last year. Black Box Adventures. Yeah, there you go. Briefly had a look at, over the shoulders of some other people, Itchy Monkey and... Adventures in Neverland, which was exceedingly popular. Adventures in Neverland was, In yeah. the regular expo, because we walked past it a few times and could not sit down at it once. Mm. But I think they've got one functioning copy, because <laughs> it's pre-Kickstarter. Is Itchy Monkey the one with all the lice in? Yes, you've got to collect lice off of monkeys. Okay. You know. Interesting You thing. can have games about anything, really. Well, you can, yeah. Then I've got a pick of Climate Oasis, mm. which I think I briefly uh, took a picture of because I had it on my list 
And then I saw it and I was like, nah, actually, this looks a bit too dry. And didn't stop to talk to them. What was the concept behind Climate Oasis? Climate Oasis one is that you're trying to build like a completely climate-friendly um, settlement or something. Ah, uh, okay. Um, there was a couple of things that were sort of like that. Um, and then we went and saw Floodgate Games. Yes, Floodgate Games. Nice to see them. Three, three things that we wanted to look at. Yes. First of which was Sagrada Passion, mm-hmm. the first of the trio of little mini expansions they're going to do. And they've got sparkly dice in. Yes, they're, they're, um, so it's not like normal Sagrada where you've got to put the different coloured dice not next to each other. Am I saying that right? Not next to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've also got these special. Are they like wild card dice, or? Um, I think they they are kind of like wild card dice, but then they also have their own um, stipulations. So, like one of them might be uh, you have to place this dice, or you have to place this die exactly in this position on the grid, or it has to be between something or something else yeah so you have to it adds more stipulations i suppose is the i suppose we should word. tell people what sagrada is in case they don't know it's a dice rolling game where you have to fill, uh, fill up windows. a stained glass window so you've got a pattern that you need to like yeah. you need to fill certain conditions i think we have talked about it before. i'm sure we have but there I might be people tuning in for bought the first it last time. year yeah you did yes yeah, so we did talk about it because one of the cards was damaged wasn't it Yes, you should have mentioned that to sticky. them at the show. I, don't, I wouldn't have been able to remember which card it was. Well, that's true. Um, although he was trying to convince me that the five and six player expansion would still be worth it, even though I oh, yes, he don't said, have enough people to he, play He did it. say he plays it with so his family, doesn't um, he? Yeah, it's got extra components that make the dice pools easier to work with. Uh, and then they also had... Three Laws of Robotics. Yes. Which was a little little dinky card game. Um, I'll read the description yeah. from BGG because um, it probably does a better job of summing it up than we can. Three Laws of Robotics is a lively deduction game for four to eight players in which you know everyone's information except your own. Each round, you ask a single question to try to figure out who is on your side, being sure to obey the laws as they're added. Ask the right questions, find your team, and boot up victorious in three laws of robotics. So to me, it sounds a bit kind of like Hanabi mixed with Flux. Sort of, I guess. Yeah, except you've only got one card. Yeah. As opposed to a variety of fireworks. Um, and then we had a chat with about Bosk. Oh, Bosk. Oh, it looks gorgeous, doesn't it? It does. So Bosk is a area control game, and basically how it works is you have a little tree that you'd put somewhere on the board yeah and then there's a card that shows you what direction the wind is blowing and from where you put your tree uh, tree in that direction you put little wooden leaves yeah on the uh, on the board and then your opponents can put a tree somewhere else and if their leaf falls on top of yours then they're the ones who are yeah. controlling that particular section of the board and then unless oh Unless you plonk your squirrel on top. Oh, the squirrels, yes. the squirrel covers everything and counts as your colour, but you can only use him once. Yeah. You can't move him. 
But yes, Bosque does look lovely. It reminds me, obviously, of photosynthesis because there's little 3D trees. Yeah. Um, but all the components were very nice. They are lovely. It's definitely yeah. one on my to-buy list. Yeah. I would have bought one there, but they didn't. They, they just, didn't by the time we got me. to them, they were sold out. Yeah. And then I had a peer over the shoulder of another gaggle of people to have a look at Shobu, which was a very abstract game that involved wooden, four wooden boards in a square, a piece of rope in the middle, and stones. Okay. However, however, the chap was halfway through the explanation. I couldn't quite hear him because I was a bit far away, so mm. I just sort of left it. And then uh, I think the only time we found it in the regular expo, I think he'd gone on his lunch break. Oh. Um, I've got Kung Fu Panda next from my diffuse. I've got... Oh. We went and had a chat with Cesar. Oh, we did, yes. Um, from Alicat. Yes, we had a very interesting discussion about uh, university tuition fees. Yes, we did. And I took pictures of all the little games they've got on their on their table. Yep. They had their, on that day announced... The Simon's Cat Game. Simon's Cat Game, NOM, which uh, they just announced because they just agreed... The sort of uh, copyright stuff with Simon of Simon's Cat. They had Dino World. They had Chocolate Factory. They had a tiny little like mint box game called uh, Tinder Blocks. Oh, that looks amazing. Which is really small, but you have to build a fire out of tiny little wooden bits with tweezers. Yeah. Without the embers burning everything down. Was what I understood it. Yeah, it looks really neat. Yeah, and then doo, 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 doo. They, also, they also had Cat Cafe. Oh yes, uh, which sold out over the weekend. Yes, it did. I think they only printed a hundred copies of it though. And then I have a picture of Cloudspire. Oh, Cloudspire, uh, which is from Chip Series Games. So obviously there are a lot of chips involved. And those are the people who did Too Many Bones. Mm-hmm. And it's on neoprene. It's a neoprene board again. Well, but lots of like, but lots of little ones, little hexagons. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's kind of like Dota as a board game. Sort of, yeah. More, well, yeah, more like two-player tower defense, really. Yeah, but you do have heroes as well. Yeah, you have heroes, and you have your little minions that automatically yeah. go across and the you, board. Your creeps. Yeah, um, and you can. But on this, you can change the paths because you can change the board. Yeah. So if your enemies, if you put a turret down somewhere and you want the enemy units to go past it, you can block off part of the the board so that they have to go a certain right yeah. way. Yeah. And then I have the very quick chat we had with Bez. And then we've got Kung Fu Panda. Okay. So Kung Fu Panda was a nice, fun, real-time, uh, like combat game where yeah. there's a, there's like a board laid out of a path you've got to follow and your character's just rolling dice trying to defeat the enemies as they come at you really yeah. quickly. And we got about halfway through the board? Uh, yeah, I think so. Before we both died? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you were, you also wanted to talk to them about the, um, the Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Online Call to Arms, which they said is going to function similarly to the Fallout board game that they previously released um so it's going to have similar combat and movement i mean that makes sense because skyrim and fallout are very similar games on computers yeah they're just slightly different themed yeah 
So that, they've probably just taken most of the mechanics, tweaked them slightly, and then put the Skyrim or Elder yeah. Scrolls theme on. on and they them. had some of their um, Dragonborn Triumphant minis that they had for, um, I think it's for people who pre-ordered it with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't. They certainly weren't giving them out to the press for free. Um, <laughs> and then we chatted to uh, a chap from WizKids, who seemed rather disengaged with the whole process. He was, yeah. Um, Mind you, he's probably jet lagged because he was American. Yeah. Um, they had, for example, Kibble Scuffle, which was um, a game where you've got to try and feed your cats. And they've designed the box so it's got a little spout so you can like shake out the little cubes. Yeah, like a like yeah. a cereal box or something. Yeah, or like a cat feed box. Cat kibble box. Kibble, yeah. Um, they had Ravnica Inquisition, which is a Magic the Gathering themed thing, which uh, did have the Wizards of the Coast logo on it, so it must be endorsed. Okay. Um, they also had... Do, 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 uh, Warhammer, Age of Sigma, The Rise and Fall of Anvalor. Mostly, which I took a picture of for my brother, who's recently getting back into uh, Warhammer. They also had Smash City and Ubuntu. Well, Smash City was taking up most of the table. Yeah. But it is a large game. It is a large game. There are very large skyscrapers and massive dice. Yeah. Which are kaiju. The idea is you have to move around the city and... Smash stuff. Yeah. Roll the you, dice you and are destroy the, the buildings. Yeah. yeah. Roll the dice, destroy the buildings, destroy the military, beat up the other monsters, be the winner, basically. Um, and Bumuntu, which is a tile collecting game where you have to collect um, little tiles with animals on um, and... The animals will have different uh, points values to each other, and you can also change the ranking of what animals score the most or the least if you pick up one of the tiles that lets you swap stuff around. And I thought that was probably the nicest looking game that they had, because it was very well made, had really nice components. Um, And then every time I saw it during the regular expo, the Tales were full up. Briefly spotted Lantern's Dice, Lights in the Sky, as we were walking around. Yeah, we should have really stopped there and then, because yeah. we didn't get a chance to see it over the weekend, because it was no. always full when then, we were Then again, the, the people who'd come to the press preview to present it really didn't seem that bothered. Um, yeah. They had a table full of stuff, and they were just sort of saying, yeah, this is our stuff, and then just letting you look at it. Like, uh, okay. Uh, had a quick look over the shoulder of somebody at Bubble Tea, which is a little card game with see through cards and little ingredients of bubble tea. So you've got to make your bubble tea orders with your see through cards and stack them on top of each other. And it comes with a little, uh, it's like a cocktail shaker, but it's for your dice. Oh, okay. Yes, I remember. Uh, then I had a quick picture of Summoner's Isle and Sumo Gnomes. Yes, so we saw Robbie at Peculiarity. Yeah, and we um, had an interview with we had, him We did well. an interview with him a couple of days later, so if you want to find out more about Sumo Gnomes particularly, because that's yeah. what we talked about, 
Uh, I mean, sumo wrestling gnomes. What's not to like? Yeah, you've got to kick the other gnomes off the tree, stump, tree stumps. Yeah, so that's on our YouTube channel if you want to go and watch that. Yeah. Then we went and... Uh... That's the next thing I've got. Yep. We we yeah. went along and saw a lady sitting there talking about Ticket to Ride London with a huge stack of yeah. copies next to her. And, uh... Who also seemed a bit confused because she seemed to be giving everybody else a free copy quite readily. <laughs> and then when it came to us, she was like, yeah, this is Ticket to Ride, you do this, this and this. And I was like... Thanks. Uh-huh. Okay. And? Um... <laughs> And then I think she noticed that we had press badges, and then she was like, oh, so do you do reviews? And it's like, yep. Okay, here's a copy. Um, I mean, why else would we be at the press preview? Well, that's the thing. There were people who had badges that just said show preview on. That's interesting. And not press. And I don't know what the context of that was. No. I took a picture of... Um, some cards that had been laid out from Time Stories, the Hadel project, purely because one of the characters looks like someone from Ramstein. Oh, right, okay. Um, then we went and, uh, well, I had a little tot of rum. Oh, at the Pirates of Penryn, yes. Courtesy of Pirates of Penryn and a gold chocolate doubloon. Oh, yes, I had a gold chocolate doubloon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The rum was quite nice. I'm not usually one for neat spirits of any kind, but the rum was all right. I don't. I don't think I've ever tried rum. In all honesty, you've never had a Bacardi Breezer in your youth. No, blind. I was never an alcohol pop type person. It's because you didn't grow up in Essex. I don't know. I think Wolverhampton's got a fairly comprehensive drinking culture. But anyway. Um, we went back to Pirates of Penryn again a couple of days later yes. and did a quick interview with them. So that's on our YouTube channel as well, uh, where they show us uh, the game. And the lovely sort of um, mat it comes on. Yes, it's very silky. It's not just regular like neoprene. No. It's very smooth. Yeah, it's very it's nice. Lovely. Uh, and then we went and had a chat with Hub Games about holding on the troubled life of Billy Kerr. Oh, yeah, this was this intrigued me. It was on my to watch list, wasn't it? It was yeah. one. Of, it's it's a game where you're all trying to make someone comfortable in a hospital bed in his final yeah. days, but you're also trying to learn about his life as well. Yeah, so you can complete the tableau of his memories. Yeah, I think it's a great theme. Yeah. Um, possibly a little bit depressing for some people. See, interestingly, I'm. I think this was the first game that did it, but there was another game that was very similar sounding, had very similar artwork on the box, but was not the same game. Oh, I didn't see that, I don't think. But I can't remember what it was called, because I was like, they're clearly just ripping off that other game. <laughs> um, but then the chap from Hub Games also showed us their other their other two that they'd brought, one of which was Flip Over Frog, where you have to flip over tree frogs in a tree to make sets, and make sure that your 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 secret identity of frog is the most prevalent frog on the tree um the complication coming when you can stack two tiles on top of each other so you might flip a tile and it just produces another frog as opposed to a leaf oh okay uh and then uh they gave us a look at mega city oceana 
which is like a little architectural building game. We were trying to build uh, the first floating city. I believe that was the last game we had a proper look at. Yeah, we didn't go to look at Slackers, but they just He'd packed it up. already packed up, yeah. yeah. But we did get an interview with him again a yeah. couple of days later. Uh, a game where you're just trying to get through a day at work doing the least amount of work possible yeah. by slacking off and hiding places, but hoping the boss doesn't find you, mm. uh, which amused me quite a bit. So again, we've got a video interview about that on our YouTube channel. Yeah, and the next photo I have after that was me taking a surreptitious photo of a guy who had a fun t-shirt on there, <laughs> waiting for the bus the next morning. We did we did run into at the press preview the guy who wrote the Tabletop Together website. Yes. Which was very nice to see him. He'd flown across from, I think he's from the Netherlands, somewhere mm. in, in that neck of the woods. And uh, yeah, just said to him, you know, thanks very much for doing what you do. And he said, oh yeah, and your map's very nice. Thank you for the map. And uh, it was nice to see him. So thank you yeah. again. And we found the tool invaluable during the weekend. Yes. And we did have a brief chat with Paul Grogan. Paul Grogan, yeah. Yeah. Who basically just told you that your map was great and you should tell the expo off for not picking it up. Um, Which is very nice of you to say, yeah. Paul. Very nice. But I'm, I, I don't think there's much chance of it being official because of the sponsor arrangements that they have. Yeah. But uh, I don't think they have a problem with me doing what I do, so I'll carry on doing it. Yeah. So that was Le Preview. Yeah. So the main body of the show... Friday wasn't too bad, I don't think. I think Saturday was obviously by far the busiest of the three days, as it usually is. Yeah, Saturday was a lot busier than Friday. I think probably because more people just don't have the time to take the day off on a Friday. Yeah. Even though it is half term. Um, so you, there are a lot more kids on a Friday than there were, say, the first year we went, because I don't think that was in half term back then. Um, but the first thing we did... Was we went and had a chat with Bez? We did, and uh, got a nice, lovely interview with her about um, Kitty Cataclysm and Wibble, Wibble plus plus, plus, plus. And even at one point got me to bash a cardboard box with my fist. Yes, to prove how <laughs> good the box is. And it was pretty sturdy. Yeah. So yeah. again... Bez was proper going for it as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, again, on our YouTube channel, if you want to uh, hear about those games. Yep. And the wall of cats. Oh, yes. The ever-increasing wall of cats. You didn't draw a cat this year, did you? No, I didn't think I was going to be allowed to because I drew one last year. Ah, I don't know. I don't know what Bez's rules are on such things. It's fine. Mine's in there somewhere. Yeah. I couldn't tell you where, but it's somewhere. Uh, it was around a bit not long after we spoke to Bez that um, we went to browse the... UKG merch store. Yes. And while we were there, I heard the guy trying to explain to someone where something was mm. using the uh, the map and the list of names. And I heard him say, yeah, this is all we get, just this map and this list. And so I just nipped in and said, excuse me, mate, would this be helpful to you? And uh, gave them a couple of copies of, of the map. And over the course of the weekend, went back and they'd stuck them up on the wall and they were using them to help guide people around. Yeah. And so uh, I said to them, you know, are you going to be here next year? And he was like, yeah, I'm here every year, mate. I said, okay, next Friday morning, I'll uh, drop one into you. And he was that's great. That's amazing. Fantastic. So there you go. Yep. Um, we also identified the location of the water fountains. We did, yes, eventually. Of which there were two. 
Both in the entrances to the halls. Yes. Um, probably the best place for them. Probably. But it seems like not everybody knew they were there. No. I mean, we walked in and walked straight past them. Yeah. When we went in. And every time we went to use them, there was no cure or anything of people no. waiting to use them. So. No. Yeah. Filled up a couple of times. Yeah. We went up to Hall 2 to find the press. Oh, the press area. The press yeah. room. And we spotted Kate. We did, and we said hello. Then we did a lot of wandering. Walk past the the guy who sells all the Chessex dice. Oh yeah. Walk past the rather large Warhammer area, and had a look at some of their rather extensive models. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a picture of some paints for my brother. Just like, hey, look, here's some paint. <laughs> um, whether he appreciated that or not, I don't know. We walked past Triple Ace, but they weren't demoing. Dwarven Beer Fest, which is what you wanted to yeah. look at. They had copies out for sale, but they weren't demoing Yeah, it. I didn't want to buy it without trying it. Yeah. Then, I can't remember what stand this was, but we walked past a stand with a, a slightly creepy goat. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. Um, with a lovely knitted blanket on top of it. I mean, it might, it might have made more sense if, if we had a look at the game, but... Um, I can't quite read what it says on the sign that's in Were Royal's Blood Revenge, possibly. Okay. Coming to Kickstarter in 2019. Had a slightly creepy goat with a lovely blanket. Walked past one of the various sort of crafty people who were selling lots of soap and candles and coasters and cupcakes. Did not get a cupcake. Oh, the maple soap and the yeah. dice D6 soap, yeah. Yeah. Past someone who did specialist dice boxes and deck boxes that look like old sort of Victorian era luggage trunks. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where this one was either, but there was uh, somebody selling like single big chunky metal D20s. I think there was a couple of those around. Uh, yep. Yeah. Walked past the Magic Geek, which did have board games and magic. Uh, and then we had a chat with... Um, a guy from Freebird Interiors who were there with their gaming table. Oh, yes, that's right. He was asking us um, questions because we ran into Simon from Wolverhampton yes. Board Games. And, yeah, he was. this guy was getting like opinions on what sort of features people wanted on their tables and yeah, things um, like that. Yeah, if we thought XYZ looked good or what other stuff we would have if we wanted to. You know, would interior, an LED interior light be something you'd be interested in? No. Uh, oh, what about really. USB ports? Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought the table looked pretty well put together. Oh, it did? It was, it was out of my budget range. What was, it, what was he called again? Freebird Interiors. Freebird Interiors. <clears throat> and I believe they might be doing a crowdfunder at some point later. Uh, then we uh, went and had a chat with Dan from Lander, a game we talked about a couple of years ago when they were last at UKGE, uh, when you're, where you're playing one of a series of corporations trying to colonise... Uh, is it Mars? I can't even remember now. Uh, it might be. Let's zoom in, shall we? It doesn't say on the box, but it, on, it's the... very red on the box, so I imagine it's Mars. Yes, we last tried to get a demo of this two years ago when we booked lots and lots of appointments and then realised that um, booking lots and lots of appointments to see people was not a good idea. Oh, it's not Mars, it's a 
Chimas 2, the first planet outside our solar system capable of sustaining human life. Mm. So there you go. So that's, uh, yeah, so we did a good old interview with Dan. Chat he went through the game mechanics and everything. Yeah. Uh, got very excited about it, but it does look like a pretty damn good game. Yeah. And he also talked about their Play Before You Pledge Kickstarter campaign, which is pretty cool, where they're sending a load of copies of the game to war game cafes and shops around, around the, the country. country. Yeah. And uh, people can go along and play the game before they pledge money on Kickstarter for it, which is which is probably quite unique. I don't think I've seen many other no. campaigns do that. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, I think because it's quite a large game, That's probably true. is a good idea. Uh, and then it was lunchtime. It was lunchtime. We wandered over to... Uh, Chow Street. Chow Street outside the Hilton. Yeah. Yep. What did we have on the Friday? We had Canoodle. We had, we had Canoodle, yes. Because I had the Sloppy Joe, did I? Yeah, you had the Sloppy Joe burger. Yeah, which fell apart. Yeah, and I had the Korean chicken burger. Ah, yes. Which also fell apart. But they were very nice. They were very nice. I didn't eat... Was it that one? I didn't eat all of the bun? I don't remember. Um... I don't think it was, because immediately after we had waffles. Yes. And I think if you hadn't have eaten all the bun, you wouldn't have had a waffle. Yeah. Um, yes. And then we had waffles from Bourneville Waffle Company, so you, a regular at Chow Street. You went for the O'Rolio, didn't you? Yes. So that's a waffle with chocolate mousse, vanilla whipped cream, dulce... Leche. De leche, okay. Caramel with chocolate fudge sauce topped with Rolos. Yeah. And I had the Oreo cheesecake. Which was vanilla cheesecake cream, crushed Oreos, fresh strawberries, Belgian chocolate drops, and chocolate fudge sauce on top of my waffle. Mm. Oh, yes. That was you nice, didn't finish it? yours. I didn't because I was really struggling. I struggled mine down. Yeah. I think the, the chocolate mousse helped because it sort of made it a bit easier to pull apart. Yeah. But trying to, because we had to eat that one standing up, trying to eat that. One-handed, yeah, with a wooden fork, trying to pull a waffle apart is uh, it's problematic. It's the only complaint I ever have about Chow Street. There's just not enough places to sit. No, I mean there's like three tables. Yeah, in Chow Street, and it's a real shame. And then you have to sit on the grass, and you're not allowed to take the food inside the Hilton because you didn't buy it there. So yeah, I did see some people taking it in and then taking it through to, to, to the open room. gaming. Oh areas. really? Okay, that's interesting. I didn't um, know if you were allowed to eat in the open gaming areas. Well, uh, seems like some people. I did. saw a couple of people get in the lift, so they must have taken food that they bought at Chow Street up to their rooms. Yeah. The next picture I've got is a picture of you lying down on some chairs. Yeah. Well, I've got a picture of Game of Thrones Catan, okay. which we walked past briefly, um, which actually has the wall across yeah. the board. Um, then we went to. Go to the uh, what was it? Board games as self and self care. Self care. However, the lady who was giving the talk had injured herself, and therefore it was cancelled. Yeah. Um, but the convenient. Well, they just said, "Oh, you can hang out in there if you want." <laughs> and we went in. And we we're like, "Yes, yes, air conditioned, lovely." So we probably chilled out for about half an hour in there. Yeah, and I had a lie down on the floor. Well, on the chairs to start with, and then on the floor, just to see if I could get my back to uh, play nice, give it a bit of a stretch, yeah. and try and crack it. It did, as I sat and lay down on the floor, crack about three times immediately. So that was... I think if I hadn't had that lie down, I would have been 
in a lot worse state on yeah. Saturday and Sunday. That was convenient then. But yeah. And but we that, also, for yeah. future years, we found a nice little hiding spot. Yes. But it, it did also make me think what would be a good idea and a nice suggestion to the <laughs> UKG organisers is if they actually had a dedicated, like, chill space yeah. where you could go and just do a bit of yoga and stretching if you wanted to, maybe chuck some bean bags in, and it wouldn't look weird if you just lay down on the floor. Well, you should email that to them as a suggestion. I did, I did tweet it to them. No, you should email Kate and tell her. Okay. You'll have to give me her email later. Yeah. And then we went back in, and in attempting to get to Lantern's dice, um, we actually ended up playing... Architects of the West Kingdom. Ah, that's what it was, yes. I couldn't remember the name. Which later won an award. It did. And I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was very tempted to go back and buy it. But I wasn't I wasn't quite sure whether I should get that or whether I should get the Stone Age 10th anniversary edition. Yeah. I don't think it... it Architects, I don't think, was a particularly revolutionary game, but it was no. very good at what it did. It was yeah. just your bog-standard worker placement yeah. game. Uh, I can't remember what the, the goal of the... It was to build a certain number of buildings, wasn't it? And you had to gather the resources to do that. Yeah, and you got points for what you built. And then by the time everybody's placed all of their meeples, then it's the end of the game. But you you can do some like um, stuff to you at the other players' meeples by putting them in jail and things yeah. like that, can't you? So they, yeah. they have less people to use. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that. It was good. Um, and then we walked past the stand that had Villainous on it, but it was completely rammed. And it has been every time it's been at the expo, and I still haven't got a chance to play it. Ditto, we walked past uh, Black Box Adventures and saw Adventures of Neverland yeah. being full again. Then we had a wander past a variety. No, I think then we uh, went and had a chat with Vince. Oh, we did see Vince, yeah. Yeah. We he was on the White it. Wizard, wasn't he? Yes. Showing off stuff over there. Yes. I've actually got the next picture of the DN Dice. Ah, uh, yes. And a picture of their nice £95, 24-carat gold-plated uh, yeah. dice set. Which, interestingly, was not the most expensive set of dice that I saw no, over the wasn't. weekend. No, it wasn't, no. Some people have done dice out of, like, um, precious stones. Not, like, diamonds, obviously, but, like, amethyst or whatever. Um, and some of those are sort of 150, 160 quid yeah, for a yeah. set of... I wouldn't want to roll them. I'd be scared. Um, I don't know who it was who had the Labyrinth game, but I have oh, uh, yeah. some pictures of that. Yeah. And uh, I had a look at the little mini. And yes, for those people interested, they have accurately modelled David Berry's codpiece. So, you obviously know, very important. The bulge is there. You can quite clearly see it. Uh, and then it was back over to Chow Street in advance of Nightmare Line. Yeah. For some bargies. We had some lovely bar. Well, we, what did we have? We, we had, had a. Um, I can't. I think it was the something called like the big swoosh. That's it, mighty swoosh. Yeah, the mighty swoosh. So you had uh, two bargies, two butties, and two paneer pakora. Um. And it was very nice. It was lovely. The, the, I think the paneer was possibly not necessarily my thing, but I did want to try it. Yeah. Because um, I didn't know whether it was going to be kind of like halloumi, um, but it was a bit sweeter than halloumi. Yeah, I agree. I I, it wasn't my favourite one, but the yeah. barges and the butty, butty was nice. lovely. And we found out why the Hilton was rammed again this year. Yeah, and full of old people <laughs> and handbags. 
Their order of the women Freemasons were there again. And some of them were being very snotty about the uh, Wargaming crowd, weren't they? Some of them were being very rude, um, which I was not impressed with. Considering the only reason that they can have it there is because the UKG started moving into the NEC. Yeah. If they hadn't moved into the NEC, then you wouldn't be able to have your stupid treasurer's meetings, would you? (laughs) Uh, yes, and then we went and saw Nightmare Live. Nightmare Live, with some new, wonderful technical, technical enhanced- things. Yes. Ooh. Did you enjoy Nightmare Live this year? Yes. There were no dragons. There were no dragons, but there was new stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I think last last year when we sat at the front, right in front of the speaker, the dragon was a little bit painful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were quite near the front and near the speakers again. So in that respect, I was kind of okay that they weren't dragons. Yeah. But yeah, we only had one, one really, one adventurer. We did. And she lasted all the way through. All the way through and got the special dagger. Um, the best part of that show, without a doubt, was when there's a room where one character comes in. And it's, and it's a character that's been in before where he has to pick up the banana and the banana is to like feed his dying son. Yeah. And that's his day's pay. But, but, you've the dun- eaten but the dungeoneer has already eaten it. And normally there's a whole lot of dialogue that goes on. But what happened this time was the rabbit man walked in, said, Oh, where's the banana? And then the team told the dungeoneer to just scarper quickly mm-hmm. and leave the room and did so. And uh, yeah, I think the improviser who was playing the uh, the rabbit, the rabbit. Man was a bit. Uh, well, you obviously, I don't think he would have been really upset. I think he was just playing, yeah. being very upset. But um, yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, and then I went home and uh, filmed a slug crawling across my uh, patio. Oh, lovely. Um, that's great. And a sprinkler. Thanks for sharing that with everyone. Yeah. Oh, but I did check how far we walked. Ah, okay. Uh, bearing in mind this is done on a very cheap uh, activity band watch thingy. Yeah. It reckoned we got about 9,050 steps. Okay. I reckon there was a bit more. Because well, my- yours... Yours tacked it up a bit higher. Yeah, my phone says we did 9,962 steps. Yeah, and I've got about 4.2 miles. Uh, 4.3 kilometres. No idea what that is in miles. Well, so mine reckons we did more then. That's weird, isn't it? How yeah. Does it, how does it know that base? Well, it can't, it's, your thing's got no GPS though, has it? Mind you, we it were, does. We were in, but we're indoors, yeah. so it's obviously it, just estimating it. I don't it. think it does it by GPS. I think it does it by... How, like an average stride length, presumably. Well, we did somewhere between nine and 10,000 steps on the Friday. Yeah. Although it rec- it reckons my activity duration was two and a half hours. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's probably like, you condense it down. But it certainly was not. Um, then what did we do the next day? So Saturday, first thing we went in, immediately did a few interviews. Yep. So we did Pirates of Penryn, yep. uh, Top Hats and Treachery. And Peculiarity. And Peculiarity, yeah. We did Sumo Gnomes with Robbie. So those three interviews are all on our YouTube channel. And I liked Top Hats and Treachery so much, I bought a copy. And a giant dice. And a giant D20 that he was selling yeah. as well, which are very nice. Super Mega Uber Dice. Yeah. So, as he called them. £10 for a giant D20. Well, what a bargain. Yeah. Uh, and then we went and played World Shapers. Yeah, well, I mean, I liked the look of World Shapers, but I think the problem is the guy sort of briefly explained the rules to us and then went to speak to someone else. So mm. we were sort of floundering around without really knowing what we were doing. Yeah, and the table that they were demoing it on was not big enough yeah. for it. 
my, two of my friends turned up at that point, uh, Joanne and, and Mike, or Spig as he's known. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a brief chat about some unfortunate events that had happened the previous evening at the expo, mm. which I suppose we should talk about. Not too much, I no, suppose. But for those who don't know, there was an incident in one of the RPG games where the DM uh, ran a scenario that had not been uh, run by the organisers of the show. Well, I believe the scenario that he submitted was not the scenario he ran. That's right. Um, and there was some inappropriate content. Yes, which really rather upset the players, as it would do. To the max inappropriate. Yeah. Um, if you want to know more, it's out there on the internet. But suffice to say, the uh, person involved no longer will be running events at the expo. Yeah. Um, which was a shame because that's the only thing that the BBC picked up. Yes, they didn't do any positive stories about the show. No. They just... Uh, no, not that. not that it's one of the biggest ones in the world now. Yeah. No, why would you do anything like that? I only want to do scaremongering in the news. Yeah. Anyway, okay, before we get too on. political. We um we had a hit list to work through, so we started checking things off that. Yep. So the first thing we got to was uh, SSO, which was a uh, space game where you're a crew trying to do missions on a spaceship where all the crew have died, and you're trying mm-hmm. to find out why they've died. Um, I really enjoyed this. You, probably not so much. Um, I think you, you thought it was all right, but... I. I don't know, were you struggling somewhat with some of the mechanics? Or? Um, I was just a bit sort of like, but why are we doing this? Uh, what is the end game? The end game is just, don't die. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, yeah, but surely we could do something other than not die. I think the guy did say that, didn't he? He said he's yeah. like, they've had feedback that the the story and the point behind the game, although people understand what they have to do, they didn't understand why they were doing it. Yeah. So he says they put some stuff online to uh, better explain that. Ah, okay. But I bought a copy of SSO and the expansion, um, which gives you two decks to play through, one where the AI on the ship has gone a bit crazy and decides to kill everyone, mm-hmm. a bit like 2001. Yeah. Uh, and the other one where the lone captain uh, from the ship before it, to everyone else died comes back and he's trying to kill you so you have to try and do all the missions before he kills you yeah um, so yeah I, I liked it I bought it 15 quid for the game and the expansion mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty reasonable and we did have a full game so I mean we were there playing yeah. it for nearly an hour weren't we yeah so. it was a nice sit down oh it was yeah after that well not sure if it was immediately after that but I've got Vidoran Garden. yes now I actually really liked this and I'd forgot I'd was planning on buying it, but I just forgot to. Oh, okay. Well, it's made by the same people who uh, brought us City of Kings, and uh, he did say it was in the same world of City of Kings, but obviously a very different style of game. Um, and it's a little card game where you sort of have to try and make a path across all the different cards of the most numbers. Yeah number of squares um so you can try and score the most yeah you just like overlaying cards on each other but you're only allowed to overlay a certain number up or down so you can't like keep going down 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 the table but they're all little square cards with nine tiles on them yeah and uh yeah you just have to try and as i say make chains of long paths with um 
little features on them. And once a path gets four features, you can score it, I think, is the... Uh... I think it's if it had three features, you can start scoring it. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but yes, yeah, a fun yeah. little card game. Yep. So I slightly annoyed myself that I didn't buy it, but I'll go back and, and get it online or from a friendly local gaming store. Mm. Uh, next up, I've got that we went to Alicat Games. What have you got? I've got that we peered over the table of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Oh, yes. Um, however, it was completely rammed, and it was rammed for the rest of the day, and they'd already booked it all out. And they said that um, if you wanted to book a slot for a demo, they only had about six or seven slots every day, uh, then you'd have to come back in the first half an hour yeah. the next morning. And while it looked rather fun, I didn't quite know whether we'd have enough time for it on the I Sunday. mean, I think they were saying about 90 minutes for a run through. Yeah. And I mean, we barely finished everything off. So Yeah. So it was a shame that they only had one copy and they were doing full run-through demos um, and only about six of them a day and they were all gone by the time we got yeah. there. Um, similar story to the Alien RPG. They were all booked up by the time we got there. Yeah. Um, but yes, Jonathan, Nor- Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell based on the book by Suzanne uh, Clark. So the next one we've got then is Alicat Games and we had a demo of Dino World. Yep. Um I quite like Dino World. Mm. I don't know if it's a game I would buy personally, but I can see why a lot of people would. Yeah. You're basically rolling dice, uh, which uh, you then use to build enclosures for dinosaurs mm-hmm. and paths. And you, there are certain bonus cards on the laid out on the table. Yeah. And when your park meets a condition, like you have a certain number of uh, types of dinosaur enclosure or you have a certain number touching each other or things like that, then you get to claim those bonus points. Mm. And it's essentially you are literally rolling the dice, seeing what numbers you've got, writing those numbers down, and then using those numbers to do things. And then as the game goes on, you'll get a more uh, complicated and everyone's going to have a differently laid out dinosaur park. And you're just trying to do the best thing that you can at each each round to try and get the most points. Yep. I kept getting bits wrong, which is very frustrating. Yeah, well, it was our first time playing the game. Yeah. And we actually had that demoed to us by Nick, one of the designers, Nick yes. Shaw. So that was nice to have a... It's always nice when the designer of a game shows you how to play it on a yeah. phone. Uh, and then after that, the next one I've got is we... Well, we just did a bit more wandering around, didn't we? Yeah. And then I've got that we eventually made our way up to Mob Sitters. Yes. Mob Sitters the game where you are all babysitters on the surface of it, mm-hmm. looking after babies for the mob. But uh, because the um, looking after mob babies doesn't give you a lot of money, you end up doing... Uh, other jobs on the side like stealing things from the boss or doing things that'll get you in trouble with the police and as well as doing those things you can play certain cards face down which let you either accuse other players of doing things or can protect you so if another player accuses you you can say actually no it was you or it was the player to my left or right or whatever and then that player can then pass the blame on to someone else so you can have these interesting chains where the blame will go all the way around the table and they eventually end up back at the person who originally accused yeah. someone. So I thought it was all right. I don't think it was anything particularly groundbreaking, but I found it fun. And the guy who was demoing the game to us was very enthusiastic and very engaging yeah. as well, which always helps a lot. As Ray said, there was a couple of people we encountered over the course of the weekend that seemed a bit 
disinterested in demoing the game to us. Yeah. But I actually really uh, found him a very good demonstrator. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, headed back to Chow Street. We did, and we had a uh, street souvlaki, traditional Greek barbecue. Yep. Now, what did we have? You had the chicken souvlaki. Yes. And I had the mixed grill one. On because I wanted to have try to have some halloumi in it, but because it was the mix when it had chicken, pork, and halloumi, and the pork was quite fatty. Ah, uh, was it? So I may have been better off with just chicken. Okay. So note note to myself for next time. Um, but it was very tasty, aside from having to pull bits of fat out from yep. the pork. There were lots of lots of onions and salady bits and stuff, uh, and we had a few chips, but. I don't think you needed many with that. No. The reason we went back to Chestery is because we had two shows in the evening yes, to go to. Yes, we did. The first one, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Yep. I'm very disappointed in the outcome of this. Really? Yeah, because Star Wars won. Star Trek should win everything. Okie dokie. Especially, because, especially when because... John Robinson is presenting uh, on behalf of Star Trek. Yeah, but you didn't put your hand up to volunteer to help out in the quiz at the end. And you knew every question. So did John Robinson, to be fair. He got every question right. But you could have shared in the glory. It was still good fun. Yes. It was, it was yeah, very good fun. And then after that, it was Board Game Smackdown by James yep. Cook, who wasn't doing Pandemic Live this year because we won last year. Yep. So we had not only uh, Rick, the guy who did Star Trek versus Star Wars, he also had the Jolly Boat guys yep. and some lady from a gaming website, I think. Um, something to do with Red. I can't remember. Sorry. And they played, first of all, The Resistance, yep. which was absolutely hilarious. Yep. Because, now, okay, James will probably put this out as a podcast. So if you don't want to know what happens... Then skip forward for the next minute or two. With that out of the way, the resistance won. Yep. But on the last round, when everyone voted success, two of the people were the spies. Yeah. I mean, that was just insane. I think they were trying to like triple bluff themselves and it backfired yeah. heavily. But it was quite amusing. It was. So then, because that game ended sooner than expected, yep. um, they then played a game of the mind. Yeah. Which I actually enjoyed so much I went and bought a copy on Sunday. But for those who don't know, The Mind is is a very interesting game where you've got a deck of 100 cards numbered 1 to 100 and everyone in the first level, everyone gets one card. And all you have to do is play the cards in ascending numerical order. So the person who's got the lowest card plays it first, etc. Problem is, you're not allowed to talk to each other or communicate with each other in any way. Which... The rule was slightly bent. Yes, like when... Because everybody kept talking. Yes. I mean, they were talking, but they weren't talking anything about the cards that they had. No, they were talking about pine nuts. Yeah, pine nuts, yeah. And other bizarre things. I mean, at one point, Rick just stood up and stood in the corner. Yeah. I guess to signify, I've got a really high card. I'm not going to play it. I might as well go and stand over here. Yeah. And I think it took them three or four attempts before they got it... Got it right? Yes, and they only got to, like, level two. Yeah. Um, but everybody was very happy that they made it to level two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, watching four comedians slash entertainers play that, I think, was um, was good. Yeah. In fact, um, I took it into work the other day and we tried to play it in the office. That was interesting. Mm. And that was Saturday. Yep. 
Sunday we spent wandering around Hall 2. Um, I think, based on the kind of things we saw, Sunday was probably my favourite day of three. Because I always like seeing all the small independent publishers yeah. and the games they're coming out with rather than, you know, the Asma Days and the Days of Wonders and things like yeah. that, have the massive stands. I like seeing some of the things that these guys do. And a couple of them we looked at and I was really quite interested in. Yeah. And I think uh, the benefit of Hall 2 is that they seem to have put a few of the more independent, crafty type people in there yes, as well. Yes, yes. So I got some stickers and some postcards and a dice bag and some pins. Um I've got a picture of you here uh, holding up a card frame as a rock-hurling giant looking very mean and uh, intimidating. Mm, debatable, yeah. <laughs> um, with my, you know, magenta pink cat-themed T-shirt. Oh, yeah. So that, that, I'm guessing that was a giant Keyforge card. Yes, it okay. was a giant Keyforge card. You looked at Keyforge quite a few times over the weekend. And... Yeah, I was trying to see if anybody had the starter packs. Nobody seemed to have the starter thingy. Although, looking at it um, elsewhere, the starter pack costs more than just buying two decks, which didn't quite make sense to me. Mm. Uh, we saw Blue Donut to Studios who were there last year with Lion, which we bought. Um, But they had a new game they were showing up called Horror in the Library. Yes. Uh, I'll read the description out from the the big um, uh, poster that they had because, Mm -hmm. again, that'll do a better job of explaining than than, than I could. Horror in the Library is a tile-based game of strategy and chance. Survive the Mad Professor's Library to search for missing diary pages for clues to your escape. Up to six players collaborate and compete to battle the creatures of the other realm. Lose and you'll be bedeviled by far worse. Demons that rule over the other world and will try to gain a foothold in ours. Search for the Mad Professor's inventions that will combat your supernatural foe and send them back to whence they came. Each game is a different adventure. The library is ever-changing. And that's because the tiles can rotate around. Yeah. So players can move in and out of different rooms. Rooms, yeah. Uh, yeah, looks quite interesting. Coming um, to Kickstarter soon, I think. Yeah, we also walked past a stand that had uh, Forest of Fate, but it was it was currently being demoed. And, it was. Uh, it looked quite good. It was like a little little box, and, and you can co- get a book as well. And the book is sort of kind of like a choose your own adventure ending type thing. And there's about a thousand things in there. Oh yeah, I was going to get a copy of that book as well. You just reminded me. Never yeah. mind. Um, Send me that picture so I don't forget. I've already sent it to you once. Have you? Oh, yeah, you yeah, sent me the one. Yeah, I sent it the you? other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and said, we need to put this on the list. There you go, it's on the list. It's on the list, okay. Um, yeah, and they were the chaps who was had Arcosa. Uh, and then, I believe, we went and had a go with Weird Alchemy. Weird Alchemy, yeah, from uh, Clever Unicorn. I can't really, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of, everybody has a hand of cards. Yeah. Some of which are creatures. You're trying to get rid of the creatures... Before an explosion comes oh, up in right. the main deck, yeah. if the explosion comes up, you've got to put your creatures down in front of you. Now, normally that's a bad thing. Regular creatures on their own, yeah, gives you points, and points are bad. Yeah. However, if you get a set of three of the same color of creature, then your set equals zero. Um, there is also the trolley corn, which you really don't want. Which of course I got. 
which means that you can't make any sets. There are also spells that you can cast when an explosion happens to try and like mitigate some of yeah. the badness. And you can pass your hands between the players and yeah. things like that. So, yeah. We got a review copy of that, so we'll have a play and uh, report back. Yep. As we were wandering around, we came across uh, something which caught my eye, which was a giant TV laid on its side. Yeah. Uh, we have a Perspex piece of glass on top of it and some uh, little minis on. And that was a piece of software called the Master's Toolkit from Arkham Forge. And it's uh, software you run on a laptop, plug your laptop into the TV, and you can use the TV as sort of a live playmat for D&D. Yeah. So the app on the PC lets you customize the landscape and put lights and objects and have it like fog fog of war type thing so that mm. players can't see something until they move into a... Initially, I thought it was like a touchscreen type thing and it would react based on what the minis were doing. But yeah. actually what he's describing makes a lot more sense and will be a lot cheaper. You just use a normal TV, lay it flat, put a piece of Perspex glass or something on top of it mm. and then have the figures on there. Actually, my I've told our DMs at work about this, yeah, and they're they're investigating it because we've got a lot of rooms with projectors in at the university, mm. and if they can project it onto a wall, if if it lets you show people's characters on that without having to have the real minis, mm. then actually that would be quite good, yeah, because they could just drag the characters around on the screen and mm. put people where they are, yeah. So, um, but it looks really nice. I did take a quick video of it which I haven't edited and put on YouTube yet, but I will do. It's literally just two or three minutes of the guy talking mm. uh, and me pointing the camera at the laptop so you can see what he's doing. But, um, yeah, it looks really, really cool. Super duper. And then a couple of stores down, we went to, I think it's Nuts Games or Nuts Publishing, they're called. Yeah. And they had a game, Mini Rogue, which they've already released, but they're looking at doing an expanded version with more cards. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this. I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. But I'm not going to buy the standard one. I'll wait until the uh, expanded version comes out. But it's basically, you've got a deck of cards which represents different rooms. They had a play mat for this version. Yeah. And you, you, you lay down the rooms in a grid of nine. And the one in the bottom corner is like a boss. And what you've got is you've got four levels to get through. And each, each level has a couple of uh, sections. And each of those sections is made up of the nine rooms. And basically, you, you put your character's in the top corner and then you've got different archetypes so we chose a rogue and a, a mage i think and yeah. your rogue skill was uh, you did double damage if i did a backstab yeah yeah and mine was that i got to reveal two of the cards so the cards are all face down three of the cards sorry so the cards are all face down you say which way you're going to explore you turn the card up and then if it's a like a, a room with a chest chest in you first have to roll to see if you can break into the room mm. and then you roll to see what you get from the treasure chest if it's one with a monster, then you have a battle and you're rolling dice to attack the uh, the bad guy while yeah. he's attacking you back. And some of the more powerful ones can poison you and do things like that. And you can get gold and items and things. But it's basically just a small card game with a l- number of cubes. Mm-hmm. And for what it is, I thought it was great. Super. I would really recommend Mini Rogue. Yeah. To, uh... And actually, I didn't realise this at the time, but now I do. The guy who demoed the game to us uh, is one of the designers who goes to the board game bash. Oh, okay. He's not, a, he's not the designer of this game because mm. he actually had to check the rules at one point with the guy who was. Yeah. But he is designing a game, and so he, yeah, he goes to the board game bash. I thought he looked vaguely familiar, but I couldn't yeah. think where I knew him from, and that's where I yeah. know him from. Then I think we had a little stop for a shop. 
And you bought some uh, sleeveys. Yes. Um, and then while continuing to meander, we had a quick chat with um, a fellow who uh, was there for Gangs of Britannia. You you liked this a lot, didn't you? Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Um, from the sound of it, anyway. Yeah. The only problem for me is that it's a minimum of three players. So I think it's three to... Three to Three to six, I think. I think it's three to five. Well, three to five, yeah, there's actually. only five cities. And uh, you each control a British gang from history. Um, no surprises what the Birmingham gang is called. And yeah, you have to you go through three rounds and you have to sort of try and strategically figure out where to, which cities to try and get into or get out of because maybe the police are about to raid it or... Um, you've got a special card that will give you a good deal with some imports that are coming into that specific city, but you've also got to try and not tip off the other gangs into thinking, oh, that's a good place to go, or tip off that you look like you've just pulled out of somewhere because you know something. Um. And then at the end of each round, there is a police raid, which means some of the the city with the most gangs or gang members in, some of them will just get taken away. And if you are in a city with another gang, you can go to deal or deceive. So you can either offer a deal and agree to a deal to share the profits of that city at that particular point. Or if you vote to deceive... It depends on if you if you both deceive, you have a fight, if there's two of you. If one of you deceives and the other one doesn't, it depends on whether it was the person offering the deal or accepting. Right. Um, and then there were some more rules for if there were three or more people or gangs in. And, uh, yeah, I think it would be easier just to read the rules than me explaining it from memory. <laughs> um but I thought it looked quite good, and yeah, as I say, the only downfall for me was um, I don't think I could consistently get three players to play it, but that was Gangs of Britannia. Uh, next I've got that, we went to Zombunny Designs and bought lots of neat little things. Yes. Yes, we did indeed. I got a bag, which wasn't strictly a dice bag. It might be a makeup bag, I don't know, but I've put dice in it. Yeah. With uh, little black cats on, and a pin badge of a wooden meeple i got my friend a little t-rex necklace yep because she is obsessed with dinosaurs and also uh what else did i get oh yes the, the little little like jelly bean machine yeah uh, f- uh, sweet dispenser pin yep because i'm well known in the office for my jelly beans yes that's not a euphemism so that's zombunny designs on facebook yep and instagram yes if you're local to the Midlands, probably best to speak to her on Facebook, she yeah. said. Yeah. Because she's uh, based in... Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton. Oh, that was very good. That's I was how... just guessing. Wolverhampton, yeah. That's how you say it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Next game I've got is Sensor Ghosts. Yeah, we did. We walked briefly past Cactpot. Oh, yes. Which you said was a thingamabob. And I was like, hmm, that makes no sense. 
And you said it was something to do with Final Fantasy, and I just nodded. Yeah, there's little cactus people in Final Fantasy. Oh, or big cactus okay. people, as they are, that look almost exactly like those little cactus meeples. I see. It was nearby to something else that was Final Fantasy related, so maybe it's supposed to be like that. Cactors, there you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they they yeah they look very similar. Yeah. Uh, and then I took a brief picture of something as we were walking past of something called uh, the Refuge: Terror from the Deep, um, which is kind of a minis game, but most of the minis are kraken tentacles. Ah. And you've got to obviously escape um, the kraken on the bottom of the sea. And it's coming soon to Kickstarter. I think it should be up by now. Um, I just thought it looked quite fun and I thought one of our friends might like it. So I snapped a picture and then I ran after you and then we went to... Ren Games for Sensor Ghosts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, was all about navigating your way through a sort of like dangerous area of space. Yeah. But you don't have all the information. Some of the cards are turned upside down, so you're sort of uh, trying to... And they move around, so you're trying to deduce where things are. Yeah. Um, and that's a sequel to Assembly. Mm. Which I've never played, I have no. to admit. And is currently on Kickstarter with an expansion to Assembly and has already funded. Cool. And then I think there was some more shopping. And then we went to the awards. Yeah. Um, we videoed the awards, so there's a full 20-minute ceremony video on our YouTube channel. Yep. There was a few technical problems at the beginning, so Tony did had no sound. He had no microphone, so he was just yelling. Yeah. But uh, then they got it working. So. Yeah, I think it was an issue with the speakers as opposed to the microphone. Uh, the microphone. Okay, um, and, and then, then that's it. We just we went home. Yeah, we did. And I cracked out the old heat pack that I bought on Friday and uh, vegetated on the sofa. So all in all, a good expo. Yeah. I uh, don't know if it's the favourite one I've been to. Mm. I'm trying to think whether I enjoyed last year's more. I'm trying to think whether we did more actual gaming last year. Well, last year was last year. I think we did because because I was obviously coming out of my bad period. Mm. One, I think I enjoyed it more because it was the first thing that I'd really done for a while that made me smile and enjoy myself again mm. but also we hadn't really arranged much in the way of interviews i mean we didn't do any interviews or anything last year did we uh i think we did oh we did some audio like, ones but we yeah, didn't do we any did video some audio ones yeah, yeah we did just a few like off the cuff audio ones which yeah. were like five minutes long but we didn't do any videoing or anything like no. that so i think we had more time for just enjoying the show last year yeah. so maybe uh the 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 striking the, of balance yeah the life of a podcaster yeah there was a bunch of stuff that we missed we did Let's run through some of them. Um, we didn't get to play Lantern's Dice, despite no. walking past the stand about five or six times yeah. over the course of the weekend. And stopping at it at least three times. Yeah. Uh, I spotted something that I was not aware of before the show, which is called Noctiluca, and I just thought it looked quite fun. Um, I did have a very brief uh, run-through of another game that was at that stand called Smile, while you were... I, I think while we were waiting for... Um, chap at Top Hats and Treachery to finish a demo that he was doing yeah. before we had a chat with him. Um, Netta Tanker was full when we walked past it. Was Netta Tanker... No, hang on. Was Netta Tanker not being demoed? Or am I it thinking was. Of... It was being demoed on one table uh, and it was full. And they had like nine tables on that stand. Yeah, and it took us till 
I think, Sunday morning to find it in the first place. Yeah. Adventures in Neverland, we've already mentioned. Oh. Summoner's Isle, I did want to get a demo, but then we didn't have time. I think Robbie was on his own as well and having yeah. to demo that, and Sumo Gnomes, obviously he was presumably more interested in his new game, which yeah. is completely understandable. You know, he wants to get drum up some support for that. Yeah, there was a game called Copenhagen that I thought looked like it might be fun, which was, again, rammed all weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Artemis Project which I noticed Tom Vassell had bought Ah, interesting. Uh, when we were at the awards. I think they only had one, maybe two tables of it, and it was full every time. Weirding Woods, uh, we didn't really get to do a proper demo. We no. did have a chat at the preview, but um, we did want to go and have a, yeah. a, a demo, but we didn't get to. Uh, Etherfields, which was also rammed every single time. Uh, Forest of Fate, we've already mentioned. Yeah. And I'm sure there were other things that we want to see oh, but we absolutely. missed. But, but you can't remember them because so much You stuff. can't win. You, and, you know, there's no point worrying about the things that you didn't see. But we, As well as, you know, we made a list of things. Some of them we didn't see, some of them we did, but we also saw a few things that we didn't know about. So Yeah, I mean, I, didn't, all evens out. I didn't prepare as much this year as I did last year. Well, you say that, but we did we did do a lot of work on the map, on you know, circling things on the map and yeah. highlighting things. Um, but last year, for example, I went through the slicker drips. Oh yes, I didn't thing, do that actually this year um, in great detail. <laughs> um, and this year, I only had a look at the tabletop together thing. Was it the Monday before? I think it was. Yeah, it was when we would. It's when and we I did our just, preview uh, podcast, yeah, wasn't it? And I, I wasn't really paying much attention because it doesn't really have much of a description. It's just sort of got some pictures. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, and that, that, that looks like fun art. And some of the stuff that had fun art, you got there and the rest of it looked really rubbish. Um, so I was like, oh, meh. Um, so next year, I think I might I might go back to Slicker Drips for things that have got more like description and, and then see and which of those are on the tabletop together tool and tick yeah, them off. Yeah, and then maybe just have like... A very limited list. Yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah, because we ended up circling quite a lot of stuff, which most of it we didn't either didn't see or when we did see it was a bit underwhelming. Yeah, and then some of the best things that we saw were some of the things that we didn't plan to go and find, like the architects of the West Kingdom. We didn't plan to go and play that. It just happened that there was um, a space for two people. And it's just like, sure, why not? Yeah, why not? We'll have a go. Yeah. But I think we've said some, we said something similar last year. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for being unplanned, I suppose. Um, but at the same time, you also have to be careful that you don't just sort of disengage as you're walking up and down the aisles. Yeah, yeah. And then you just go up, down, well, There was up, a couple down. of times where I, I just zoned out completely and you had to say, Matt, Matt, and I'm like, what? And you just walked past one of these things you were interested in seeing. Yeah. You know, because yeah. just, you just zone out. Yeah. And a couple of times you wandered off and didn't notice. Oh, yes. Um, like, I, I, I specifically said to you, I am going to the water fountain. And then I came back and you disappeared. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I, like, I honestly okay. didn't, didn't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I think we had already planned where we were heading Yeah, next. so we both just sort of at which point, there. At which point I got there and you were like, how did you get behind me? I was following you. No, you weren't. Yes, <laughs> yes I was. I remember that. No, you weren't. <laughs> I went to the water fountain. Um, but yeah, um, 
Some of the stuff we've mentioned has already gone on Kickstarter and has already funded. Good. So uh, one thing that we haven't mentioned was Bar Pig, which was there last year. Yeah, it doesn't really appeal to me. I don't yeah. know why. Um, it was there last year. It was there this year. We didn't go and see it, but it's already funded. And they, Well, the expansion is what's on the Kickstarter at the moment, I think. Yeah, it? but it's already funded. Yeah. Uh, Weirding Woods has funded. Sensor Ghosts has funded. And um, The Refuge has, I believe... I'll double check. It, they told me it was going to go up on the 3rd. Then I spent all day on the 3rd searching for it. And, it, and it's already funded. So yeah, The Refuge went up on Kickstarter on the 3rd. And uh, as of recording, it's already 237% funded. So obviously I have a very good eye. Yeah. Because I walked past and I was like, oh, that... Um, and, uh, it's 49 US dollars for the base game with all unlocked stretch goals, which is approximately 40 quid. Um, however, it doesn't look like it's going to deliver until about a year from now. But as you say, you know, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's the second game in a series. So apparently there was the refuge race for survival before that. Okay. Um, so that might also attribute to why it's funded so quickly, if people already uh, know the studio and know the game franchise. Okay. Let's talk numbers. We've got numbers, numbers. here. Unique visitors over the course of the weekend. Yep. 25,704. It's quite a few. I remember two years ago it was 16,000. Yeah, I think last year it was 19. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, they were up 18.5% over last year. Yeah. Uh, repeat visitors, so that's literally everyone who walked in every day, regardless of whether or not they were they had one of yeah. the previous days. 45,097. That's 15% up on last year. Yeah. That'll be us. Just repeatedly going yeah. in and out. So, uh, 97 brand new games released. Gosh. 27 games crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. 3.5 kilometres of tablecloth. It's a lot. Five tons of gaming boards, 800 t-shirts to launder and repack. I'm guessing those are the volunteer ones. And everything. Yeah. 975 metres of large format printing, so banners and whatnot. Yeah. 311 street names stuck down. 900 stand number stickers. 25,000 lanyards and pouches. 32 square, no, 32k square metres of floor space, not just 32 square metres. Were no, very big there. No. 430 plus exhibitors, two and a half halls of the NEC plus one Hilton Hotel. Well, probably half the Hilton Hotel, the bits that the Lady Masons weren't using. Yeah. 121 companies from outside the UK and one pair of honeymooners. Yes. I did see that. I saw there was a picture of a couple who had come on their honeymoon oh. and come to the expo. So, last thing is to say when the expo is next year, and it is the 29th of May to the 31st of May. Yes, it is. Which I believe will again be uh, at the end of uh, half term. Yes, probably. Because it's the Friday after the bank holiday. Yeah. So, that'll be another... Bank holidays move around a little bit, don't they, so... Yeah. Well, this I don't think this is... He said it was a week earlier, but I don't think it is based on the, the, the dates, because it was the 31st to the 2nd... This year, anyway, yeah. wasn't it? So if next year, if it's the 29th to the 35th, it's only two days. Yeah, difference. by date. Yeah. 
and next year is a leap year, so oh, okay. that's why the dates moved forward so much. Yeah. Well, changed, gone back, hasn't yeah. it? That'll be another probably two day week at work. <laughs> yes. Bank holiday Monday, two days at work, then off for the preview and the expo. Yeah, and Monday off to recover. Oh yeah. Might need more than just Monday off. <laughs> <by next year. laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Although by the, by the time Tuesday rolled around, I was like, what day is it? I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually thought today was Wednesday at work. And I said to yeah. someone, you know, someone's going on a training course tomorrow. And I said, oh, okay, you're having a two-day training course. I'm like, no, only one day. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Friday tomorrow. Yeah, I got up this morning thinking it was Wednesday. And then thinking, oh, it's my work at home day. And I thought, no, wait, Wednesday was yesterday. And I went in on the basis that... I haven't actually been in the office for ages. Um, so, no, today is Wednesday. But to me... No, today's Thursday. Today is Thursday. But, but yesterday when it was Wednesday... No, I'm so confused. Let's just leave it. Yeah. Let's just... You can you can tell that this is where it's done. I'm still knackered. Yeah, so no matter when you're listening to this episode, know that we're recording it on Thursday. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So on that note, um, we'll do the usual. People should know how to get in contact with us. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, I can't remember half of this now. I can't remember it. No. Um, here we go. Let's. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. We are on whichever one of those media platforms uh, as TOGCAST, T-O-G-CAST. And you can listen to us at soundcloud.com forward slash offline gamer or wherever you find your podcasts. Yes, like iTunes or Spotify. Yeah. Um, we've got a YouTube channel, but the URL is horrendous. So go to offlinegamer.co.uk for all of our YouTube videos, as well as uh, the podcast and blog posts and things like that that we also do. Uh, if you want to get in touch, if you've got some feedback, some questions, some suggestions, just want to send us random rubbish yeah. um, we'll be happy to hear from you um, you can email us on offlinegamerpodcast at gmail.com or there is a contact form on our website so that's it for another year hooray for the, for the, for the UK games well yes yeah, not for the podcast obviously we'll no. be back relatively soon with another episode yeah so we'll see you in a few weeks for episode 41 but uh, keep your eyes open for on our YouTube channel because there's a few more unboxings that we recorded a few weeks ago that I haven't yet uploaded. Uh, we've got a few more unboxings to do, actually. We'll have to arrange a time yes. to do that. And uh, we've got a haul video of what we got at the expo uh, on its way as well. So, yes, things will still be coming out, even though it'll be a few weeks before the next podcast. So, yep. uh, on that note, we will see you next time. Or you will hear us next time. I don't know what the appropriate signing off should be. But let's just say there will be another one soon. And goodbye. Ta-da!